This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Even though the Lord is not physically there with us, the work that He began way back then, He now is working in and through us. That's just a sample of what you'll hear weekday mornings on an encouraging word with Pastor Daryl Nelson. Join us as we continue to work our way through the New Testament book of Acts and find out more about the history of the church that Jesus built. An encouraging word with Pastor Daryl Nelson, weekday mornings at 1130 on the Good News Station, WCNO. Safety for your home and family. Now that's important to you. And Gator Security with its five-year warranty can help. With security, video surveillance, and access control, Gator Security is available at www.gatorsecurity.com or 800-676-1580. Gator Security, with its five-year warranty, is a proud corporate sponsor of WCNO. Gatorsecurity.com. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. The arena of the soul took the throne of man's life. Amen. And now instead of being led by the Spirit, we're led by what? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. You make me feel. I think I will. I don't want to do that. I don't feel right. It's on the arena of the soul. Come on, am I helping anybody this morning? So what does that mean? Well, it means rather than God sitting on the throne of my life, I'm sitting on the throne of my life. That's what it means. And rather than my soul serving my spirit, my soul ends up serving whatever voice can get its attention. Hmm? Whatever makes me feel good. And I mean, you know, there are a lot of things out there that are vying for your attention. You just got to go on the internet for a minute or on watch TV for a minute. A lot of things trying to get your attention. You're being merchandised every day of your life. You're being marketed to every day of your life. And the political systems and the sociological systems and religious systems. Come on now. Even in the arena of sports, you're being merchandised. That's why people stay locked up in cycles of dysfunction and they don't operate properly. Because I've never learned to get my soul in line with my spirit. I've never learned to properly position my soul to be submitted under my spirit, man, which is led by Christ. I mean, you know, life can get a little sticky sometimes. There's a whole lot of ups and downs in life, isn't it? And in the middle of that stuff going on, we find ourselves in some pretty high-pressure situations and some pretty tough places sometimes, places where it just feels like we're going to break if we don't get a little bit of relief. When, if things don't change around, I don't know how I can keep going. I mean, you know, that's in the arena of our emotions. Amen? 
For me, there's been much failure. There's been frustration and disappointment. But I've discovered that God don't want me to live in frustration, disappointment, and failure. I mean, that's not where he wants me to camp out. Amen? There have been times in my life where the things I wanted to do, I didn't do. And the things I did do, I didn't want to do. Can anybody identify with that? How many of you recognize that when those moments come at us, it always seems like there's a voice invading our minds, reminding us of where we've failed, where we messed up, where things weren't right. It's an accusatory voice. Mm, it's awful quiet in here this morning. Hmm? Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 says, Salvation has now come, but the reason it has come is because the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. See, we got salvation because the accuser of the brethren is no more longer accusing us. Amen? And we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of our Lamb, not loving our lives even unto death. How many know there's an accuser of the brethren? Hmm? His name is Satan. He's the devil. And he comes to accuse us. The Bible says in Revelation 12 that there was a time he stood before the throne and he accused us day and night. Do you know that's what the devil used to do? Stand right there at the throne of God going, they did it. You, yeah, why did you make them? They're a mess. They can't do nothing right there. All they do is bicker and manipulate and lie and cheat. And they, you, they, they, they're a mess. Look at them. Look at them, God. Look at them. That's your failure right there, God. I mean, that's what the devil used to do. Huh? He was constantly bringing accusation about us. He was telling God why you don't qualify, why we don't qualify. He was telling God why we shouldn't be blessed. He was telling God why we were no good and how evil we were and why we didn't need any help. And what was God thinking? Are you crazy, God? He was constantly bringing accusations to the throne room of God. But how many of you know there came a time when the lamb defeated the dragon? Huh? When Jesus cast down the dragon, and the Bible says at that moment, the accuser of the brethren was cast out. The enemy of your soul was cast out of heaven. He is the voice that is always reminding you how messed up you are. How bad you've got it. Your poor choices, your poor decisions. He's the one saying how wicked you are. How crazy you are. Can I just say this to you this morning? Some of us try to spend our whole life trying to deny our past. You know that? Some of us spend our whole life trying to cover up our past. Some of us spend our whole life lying about our past. But can I tell you this? That's not where God wants us to camp out. You got people that spend their whole life embarrassed about their past. Living under shame about their past. Living under condemnation about their past. Living under guilt. But how many of you know this morning that healing cannot take place until you deal with the past? You've got to come to a place where you say, yeah, I did it. I did it. I'm guilty. Because when you quit trying to cover it up and quit trying to deny it and quit trying to lie about it, quit trying to justify it, and you just stand up and say, yep, that was me. I did it. I'm as dirty as you think I am. I'm a mess. I'm rotten to the core. I'm evil. My heart ain't right. I'm far away from God. You got it right. Come on. I know it was wrong. I can't get to it. I couldn't get free from it. I kept doing it. I didn't want to do it, but I just kept on doing it. But thanks be unto God who is in Christ, Jesus, who has redeemed me from destruction. Thanks be unto God. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that he did it for me? Amen. And when he did it for me, I didn't have to fix it and I didn't have to deny it. I just have to recognize that's who I used to be. That's what I was. That's how I used to act. That's what I used to do. But it ain't me no more. That's not who I am today. Praise God, that's not who I am today. That's why it don't bother me when people talk about me. You know, we talked a lot about gossip last week, but it really don't bother me when people talk about me. It's just status quo. It's normal. 
Persecution come. Let them talk. Let them run their mouth. Let them say whatever. If you want to let that poison your spirit, let it poison your spirit. I can't be responsible for what you want to hear. It don't bother me no more because I know who I am in Christ. I know what he's done for me. I know the liberty that he's given to me. I know the freedom that he's brought to my heart. Amen. Come on, somebody ought to shout this morning. Hmm? So how many of you know that means when we come to church, it don't have to be a masquerade party. You ain't got to come here and pretend like you're saved. Come on, amen. We don't have to pretend like we're something that we aren't. You already are saved. <laughs> I'm helping somebody I know. Hmm? You can just relieve, leave, you can just leave your religious phony front and facade at home when you come to church. Huh? You ain't even got to put no hairspray in your hair. I don't care. Because how many know there's a whole lot of people on the treasure coast today feeling all kinds of shame and all kinds of guilt that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Amen. They're dealing with disappointment, frustration, and depression. And they just don't realize today that they don't have to live there. That Jesus already took care of it for them. Thank God I found the answer in Jesus. Thank God you found the answer in Jesus. Thank God you ain't got to live under none of that mess no more. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody shout, I've been redeemed. Hallelujah. How I many you know when you quit trying to be something that you aren't, that's when you're really going to be, be able to help people to live into a place of new wholeness and healing. Amen? Then we can really help people be free from the accuser of the brethren. Mm. These people, they were returning from Jerusalem, and the devil was accusing them before God. Watch this. Here's the story. There was a high priest named Joshua. Somebody say Joshua. And there was a governor or a civil leader. His name was Zerubbabel. And they both had failed. They both messed up. They both made a mess out of everything. Hmm? It wasn't that they may have failed. It wasn't that they may have messed up. They failed. They screwed up. I mean, they really messed up. Amen? And the enemy, the devil, Satan, was standing before the angel of the Lord to bring accusation against them. And he was saying, Joshua has failed in his job as the high priest. He was saying, Zerubbabel has failed in his job as the governor of the territory. These people had failed miserably, so much so that the devil was standing before God, telling God how bad they failed. You know you messed up when the devil's up there doing that. Come on now, amen? Hmm? How many of you know that's my story? I mean, no, that's your story. You messed up. You failed miserably. The Bible says they had filthy garments. They were stained. It literally means they were stained with dung. They were covered in all kinds of mess. They were covered in doo-doo. I mean, I know we shouldn't be talking about doo-doo in church, but these guys were covered with doo-doo. Really. That's what it means, Amen. And how many know when that happens in most religious circles, people start doing this? What is wrong with you? Shame on you. I just can't believe that. I cannot understand that. You ought to know better than that. Shame on you. Because we've been taught religiously how to keep people in a box by religion and legalism. And anytime we fail, we want to put shame on them. Hmm? How many know my God is not a God of shame? Amen? Shame on you. You ought to know better. And we've even done that with our kids when they don't do what we want them to do. Shame on you. You should know better. Can I just tell you that there is nobody in heaven this morning looking down on you 
and saying to you, shame on you. You ought to know better. What's wrong with you? How could you say that? How could you do that? How could you go there? What's wrong with you? Shame on you. Can I just tell you right now that that's not what your father in heaven is doing? Come on, somebody. Amen. Because God is not pouring out shame this morning. That's part of the accusation of the enemy against your life. And when that happens, we get bogged down and we get overcome with all kinds of condemnation and guilt. And our life gets marred by this condemnation. We can't function right. And then we get paralyzed in our faith. And so what happens is is we don't do anything. We want to give up and we want to quit. Because I don't think I'm qualified anymore to do anything from God. Because look at me. We say things like, you are so bad. Shame on you. You should have known better. And listen, what ends up happening is if we start living completely and totally by our soulish man. We start living completely and totally by our emotions and by what we think. And we begin to believe our feelings are telling us the truth. Can I tell you right now that your feelings will lie to you? They will lie to you. I don't like the way I feel. Well, go read your Bible. I helped about half of you right there. You say, well, that's how I feel. Well, my question is, is what difference does that make? Really? How you feel? You hurt me. Well, what difference does that make? Because even though we have feelings, feelings are filtered through the soulish man. They're filtered right here through this thing on top of your neck. Amen. And they will not always tell you the truth. Feelings most always come from a selfish perspective. Me, mine, and I. I mean, you can walk into a crowded room and people not acknowledge that you got there. And the first thing you do is your feelings tell you is they don't even like you. Huh? They didn't even want you to come in here. They're just totally ignoring you. And then you get mad. And if you got some attitude, you just walk by and go, who do you think you are? Well, that might be true, and it might not be true. But you can't trust your feelings. Huh? They might just be finishing a conversation and wrapping up a nice little talk, and you walk in and see them get quiet, and you go, they were in there talking about me. Because right when I stepped in the room, they all got quiet. I know what they're doing. And it must be about what I said yesterday. I knew I shouldn't have said that. What's wrong with me? Yeah, right when I stepped in the room, they just shut right up. How many understand what I'm talking about this morning? Our feelings tell us all kinds of 